Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. In person. In person. <laughs> I am lockdown. Ke- Boom. Well, you're allowed two people at your house now, in case anybody's wondering. Yeah, so we, we should probably talk about what's going on in Australia because wee bit better than others. Yeah, it is a wee bit better. It's um, so it came into effect yesterday, Friday. No, Friday. 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 And it's just now you're allowed to travel two people and a child to another person's house. Was that the only thing that was lifted? Yes. Right. Okay. And you can have now they've went back. They've gone back to being able to do like boot camps and parks with ten people as long as you're socially distanced. Could you do that? Is that really that happened? Yeah. When do you think gyms will reopen? They'd be the ones that are the last ones that will reopen your I would hope so. They're feral. Yeah, but I need to get back to the gym. I've you may have noticed it. my I've... muscle definition has gone you down. You create it in your house. I've got those things that you put in the door that they're still weights. The, the weights. I've been walking and running. I can't do weights. I don't know. Just people like sweating and spitting. and. Who spits in your gym? Well, not spitting actually, but <laughs> when you see people like getting really... <sighs> Well, there's, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Uh, How many people actually wipe the things down after they use them? No, but we were, in our uh, our work has a gym, and the manager was like, we, she would check that you were wiping down all the equipment after you'd done it, but it was, it was by the time we got used to that, we, it was closed anyway, so I can't wait for it to reopen. Really? But yeah, I miss the gym. I'd be... Um... I do like my walks, though. Every day I'm doing a walk. Don't look at my belly and like go. I was looking at your belly. <laughs> I was just looking at you laughing about your walk. I do like. Walking. You name me one person who wouldn't have put weight on through COVID. I've lost three kilos. You've lost. How have you managed that? Gym. Got to think. I was going to the gym. I was eating heaps. I was taking protein. Uh, I was muscly, obviously, but no, I've lost three kilos. And now I'm just mm. doing cardio. I mean, my diet has gone a bit. You know, when you snack, I'm getting into snack mode now. When I'm just bored and I'll eat whereas before I was just like very regimented yeah, in terms right. of what I ate got it to walking that's where it's at mine's is just the booze oh no I've, I'm drinking a lot more tons I'm drinking every day yeah at the end of the end of a work day I'll be like glass of wine yeah yeah okay alright yeah I'm definitely drinking more same and that, like especially on the weekends because you can't do anything you're like oh what time is it oh it's like three in the afternoon I reckon I'm on first name terms with a click and collect guy at Denver's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Twitter and Facebook We're at Britpop Banter uh, Britpop Banter at gmail.com All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own And while we poke fun at Chris Martin And other artists we appreciate his talent And sacrifice to create oh. these albums How do you feel about that? You're going to be me this episode <laughs> This is going to be amazing Everybody just hang on Kev hasn't been out of the house It's going to show Yeah so we talked about this Like this is it's, So this is the furthest I've been away from my house like this is and how far is what, that? About 20, twenty minutes drive, twenty really? k's, twenty kilometers. Not much. Twenty and so it's the furthest I've been out of the house because I have been. This is next week is seven weeks working from home. Have I isolated. been eight then? You're eight, so you're two Whoa. months. Um, and so I have lived and breathed this isolation. Like I've gone out mm-hmm. for walks, but I have not gone out out. Neither um, have I. Not and socialized. I haven't seen anyone. No. Yeah. So just even coming through your door, I'm like. Do we hug? Do we high five? Do we do the elbow tap? I don't know. And then we just had this like, let's not do anything. Yeah. Let's just talk. Um, well, I introduced myself again because I thought that was appropriate because that's how I feel. I'm going to greet everybody now. <laughs> Good afternoon, I'm Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I don't know, it's a weird feeling. It is it's, a weird it's feeling. It's a very unusual It's going to take a while for it to sort of settle in. And I'm not going to... We talked about it. We're not going to rush back into normal... What was normal life. I'm not sure it ever will. I think it will get there. I think six months from now, I'll be back to the way it was. But it's just... It's going to be a long transition to get back to that. Yeah. Like, you've got to think, like, restaurants, going to the movies. You know, we just talked about going to the pub. Can't wait to get back into a pub. But not a packed pub. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Did we ever go to packed pubs now? If we're really honest with to ourselves. To be honest, we probably went into a few and went, oh, it's oh, too busy. Oh, I'm not dear. standing for that. That's take too what long. What is that noise? <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you going back to work anytime soon? No, is the short answer. Oh. Um, so we are a US-based organisation, so there's oh, global... God. Yeah. Everything's globally looked at. I think they'll look... Um, without giving too much away, the the organisation I work for is within the medical field and now that elective surgeries are going back, there is a chance that potentially Australia will ramp up quicker than other parts of the world so they may look at it from region to region. Yeah. Still though, because we need to still, um, because we still need to um, make sure that our real critical workforce who are the people who, like medical kits, who who are, in hospitals, etc., remain safe. Yeah. It's still easier for office-based people not to be there. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Uh, we are, in my work, we're starting to talk about it now. And the plan is, is going to be shared next week. And so I, th- I think, you know, we've got a large, we've got, you know, a few thousand people at my work workplace. And so how do you maintain social distancing? So do, do we bring 25% of the workforce back? Do we have uh, one team split working from home and the other one in the office? It's all this complexity. And then you've got people who are still really scared about it uh, and worried about mm-hmm. it. And then you've got the other side of that, which is people really miss the social aspect and actually really, really want to come back to work. So it's a really tricky position. Yeah. I saw Skomo was, um, he's going, I think it's next Friday is the proper um, communication regarding restrictions and the timeline for those. So I think if we continue going the way we're going... There's not going to be any international travel this year, though. No, I don't think so. So sad. Which is not bad. I know you you were looking at going overseas. But also it's great for the Australian tourism, which has been beaten by bushfires and floods. The Australian tourism thing does my head in because it's like, just make it cheaper. Like, you're grabby. And that's why, (laughs) like, I've got to be honest... The bushfire-ridden places and stuff, yeah, I'll go down there for sure because that's communities and I would definitely help that. The other places, the tourist places in Australia, like you're at it and you've always been at it, <laughs> which is why, why am I going to spend double for four days and no, it's Sundays that I can get two weeks in Bali? I, you are right, the wet Sundays. I knew you were going to pull it. And card. it's not even just the wet Sundays. It's just anywhere that's kind of remotely, like you got to get on a flight. Okay, I've always wanted to go to the Margaret River, which yes. is in Perth. Yes, And I was considering that for my 40th, considering now I can't go overseas. Now, well, <laughs> the amount it's probably going to cost me to fly to Europe will cost me the same to get to Perth and have to pay for accommodation and all sorts. And it's nonsense. Because now that our other airline is an administration, yes. Qantas will do what they want. yes. So that'll be $1,000, please, to fly to the other side of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no. That's a fair point. 
So I feel that I want to support Australian tourism, mm -hmm. and I swear, because now I have... I love to go places, as you know. I always go away weekends. I love a holiday. Now that I'm not going to be able to do that overseas, I will go on holiday. Yeah. If the Australian tourism industry has any sense, or Qantas has any sense, make it accessible for people from a monetary standpoint. Because yeah, you're going to yeah. have families who've probably been hit by financially mm -hmm. and want to get away let's just make it easy mm -hmm. so that more people can go and then you'll make more money in the long run mm -hmm. and people will remember how good a time they have and they'll come back don't price yourself out the market don't make it five grand for two nights in the wet sundays mm -hmm. yeah 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 anyway no so I, because I actually, australia actually, is beautiful it is it is and genuinely if you live in australia you really don't need to go overseas to get any type of holiday a snow Whatever. holiday, a beach holiday, a city holiday, a winery holiday, a food holiday. Literally, there is no country on this planet has all of that. Mm -hmm. But yet nobody goes. That's true. It's very expensive. Because yeah. it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So anyway, your 40th, is that happening here? What do you reckon? It's going to be here. Yes. I mean, oh. No, it's going to be here. I'm just thinking where. I'm thinking either Margaret River or Byron Bay. Uh... Either option, beautiful. I've never been to the Margaret River. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to go, if that nudges you in a certain direction. But Byron That's is, what I'm thinking. Byron is awesome. Because you still get everything. Wineries, yeah, yeah, yeah. scenery, beach. Yeah. November, lovely oh, weather. Lovely, aye. Okay. Are you... Um, let's get into this episode for a second. Are you excited about this episode? Yes, I am. Why are you excited about this episode? Because this band needs spoken about. But every time we've brought up Coldplay or Chris Martin, you've gone off on one. Yeah, that's why. I came through the door and you are bouncing to talk about this, man. Yeah, I want to talk about them. No. Oh. Because there's so much to talk about. Okay. Because their career, their sound, him. Um, <laughs> like, there is... They are so polarising and I can see why. Because mm -hmm. they are. Because one minute, you put a Coldplay song on, you're going, oh, do you know what? They actually... Not bad, mm -hmm. talented. Mm -hmm. Then another song comes on. What is that? Who wrote that? Five-year-old? <laughs> and then you get angry. And then you just go... Like, people talk about the bloat of Be Here Now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Martin's the king of bloat. Oh, God. This is what I mean. There's just so much. No, I'm not excited about them because they're my favourite. I'm not excited about it because it's like an oasis and it means a lot to me. Yeah. It's not that. I'm just excited because, I, I mean, I've just got so much. You've got so much to say. I yeah, can tell. and I just think they're one of those bands where people will be like, first of all, why are you even talking about them? Second of all, when you, I actually went through their whole catalogue to remind myself... Um, and how they've changed. I actually don't think I've heard such a change from album one to last album in a band ever. Like I talked about Sot Sog being... Uh, Radiohead? Oh, maybe. But still, they were always a wee bit... <laughs> you know. Like they were always... Yeah, maybe Radiohead, actually. Maybe Radiohead. But... But it... I get where you're going, and we will talk about because you you told me you'd listen to every Coldplay album. I have. I will discuss that. I can't wait. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't. Like I'm just, I'm, you know, because I did the same thing. 
I just needed to. I just had to cement my because my opinion, my opinion of Coldplay go up and down. I'm not their biggest fan, but there was a time where I did like them, and we went, and we'll talk about it. We mm-hmm. went to see them, and mm-hmm. I liked them, mm-hmm. and then it went from that to I actually hated them. Mm-hmm. Like hate, come mm-hmm. on the TV, get off, mm-hmm. and then it's like, but where was that stemming from? And I thought I cannot make. So have you pinpointed it? Educated discussion. That- yes. Oh. <laughs> um, I have, and it comes. It's tinged with some sadness. Oh, which I'll talk about. Tinged. Good uh, word, yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Lovely. All right. So obviously, this this week is all about Coldplay and parachutes. It's the uh, a listener pack pick. But last week, Oasis sort sock. Off now. What an episode. Yeah, I was. I went off on one a couple of times. Yeah, but you know when... I, there's sometimes me and you finish an episode and I go, that was gold. Like, that was just such an enjoyable episode. I didn't sense it at the end. And do you know why? Why? Because it just felt like a WebEx, like a web webinar. That's oh. why I love this again. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. already more buoyant. <laughs> like, it's just hard staring at your wee face and my phone. On the phone, I... Oh, I, I... And my headset on, thinking I've just, like, called into a chat show. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> I thought it was a great episode. I it, it was. was. And it, you know what? I loved the conversation about it as well. Like, people's uh, views and opinions on sort of, sort of is so divided. And then throw in the rest of the Oasis albums. Oh, God. It just throws up discussions and, you know, light arguments. And, oh, it's just brilliant. That's what I love about it. You still... Yeah. Oh, I, no, no, no. I still like that album. And I, but I still think it could have been better. Swapped in yeah, a couple of the been, songs. Yeah. That album, we could have been sitting here saying that was that was an amazing album, but no, but we're not, are we? No, we're not. No. We're not because no, let Liam have his way. Your boy Liam get that annoying, stupid song on the album. Well, actually, his two songs, wasn't it? It was the t- little James, uh, and what was the other one? I-, I can see a liar. He wanted that on the album as well, and he got his way. But I prefer that to put your money where your mouth is. Oh, no, I like that. I like the end of that one, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, look, great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to pause you, because talking of birthdays, right. I haven't seen you, because we've been in lockdown since your birthday. Oh, yeah. God, that was a So one. I had gone to some lengths to get your present. I now have it. We're now face to face. There are a couple of listeners who've been on this journey with me. What? Yeah, they have. And uh, you know who you are. And um, I'll tell the story why in a second once you've opened it. But I can tell you this present has been fraught with hurdles to overcome. (laughs) And the fact that I can now do it and give it to you is amazing. So what I'm going to do live on air. Oh, wow. Not on air, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Is give you it. Oh. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. From a social distance. Um, and I want you to see your face when you uh, open this. Because... Uh, this is beautifully wrapped. I did that this morning. And I've seen your wrapping. Yeah, I know. And usually it's... It's a uh, relatively easy shape. It's a real... It's a square shape. Can't really mess that one up. But it is... I appreciate it. Okay. Nice. And then nice I can paper. tell you the story behind it when you... So gentle, gentle. Ooh. So... So, uh, I have been in touch with Mr. Paul Draper. Oh my God! And he has kindly signed. Oh my! A limited edition God. Attack of the Grey Lantern, and an artwork from the album release 
And I asked oh, him to write that. I'm going to cry. So he's written, read ha- it out. Happy birthday, Kevin. Take it easy. Chicken. Love, Paul. With a kiss. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. That's lovely. That's really nice. I'd give you a hug, but I can't. No. But this is really nice. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me the story. So, um, Paul Draper had said oh, on Twitter. Wow. That he had, I think he had like 15 of these albums that he was willing to um, sell and sign if he got in first, right? Wow. So, I get in, boom, I see it. A couple of our listeners thinking they're being really friendly, message us on Britpop Banter, I see it first. Oh, I didn't see that. I log in on my personal Twitter and going, hey, so there was Alex, there was Ian, there was someone else, and I went, uh, can you just quickly delete that message? Because I can't. Because oh. I can't. He can't see that. Because I'm gonna buy him it for his fortieth. So they come back to me. I'm really sorry, Les. Les. I'm like, delete it, delete it. And it happened at least three times. No way. People were like tagging you because they know you love Manson. Oh. Untag it. So <laughs> I'm like literally going through Twitter every day like this, <laughs> and then contacting them on my personal Twitter to say, oh, can you delete it? And then Ian had actually mentioned it to you. And I I messaged Ian and went, can you just go back in there? It's too late to delete it because I think he's seen it. I said, but just tell him there's none left. Oh. <laughs> and I think you'll probably see it. So he's like, Kev, I don't think there's any left. And I'm like, oh. And so... Hey, that was good work. Oh, it exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's lovely because everybody wanted you, was tagging you in. Then I didn't think I was one of the people to get it. And then I get an email later from Paul and his assistant Mavis, which is hilarious. Um, and I'm like, do you send it? Will you send it to Australia? Can you post it? Oh, yeah, we'll have to look into that. Then they do send it. So after all of that, and then he's like, what do you want written? And I got Take It Easy Chicken because I know that's, that's the song amazing. that got you in. Yeah. And so I said, it's his 40th. And, and then I get it. They say to me that they, so I get an email from Paul saying it's been posted. Then we go into lockdown and it's getting sent to my office. I'm no longer in my office. Uh, and we have a big distribution centre, things that come in and out. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is just going to get, they're going to look at that and go, what is this? And then so for the last few weeks, I've been contacting the office regularly to see if it's arrived. Then they say, actually, Leslie, I think there's a parcel here for you. Drive to St. St. Letwell, the, to the location, to the suburb. Drive there. There it is. And I'm like, that, yes, because it was getting panicked. To which point I had an email a week ago from Paul himself going, like, just checking in to see if it's arrived. No way. Like that. That is getting, I'm framing that. That is, that's going up. So there's the artwork that and then beautiful. there's the album. And the album inside, to look at a cheeky look, I'm not going to lie, um, <clears throat> is a, look, double vinyl. Oh. So. So, thank you. That is really special and really touching. Is that, is that my best to date? I th- Have I knocked that out of the park? You've knocked, you completely knocked that out of the park. Like, I almost cried. I yeah, almost you cried. Did. Amazing. Um, I'm so happy. So thank you. Thank you to everyone as well who thought about that. Yes. And I never saw that was great detective work by you. Did that you was, not? No, 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 no. I didn't. That's what I'm saying. I had no idea. Honestly, I'd be waking up in the morning because obviously a lot of our listeners are in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I'd be waking up in the morning and there would be a message. And maybe I was waking up earlier than you, you thank think God. So? And I was going like that. No. And then 
So then I never use my personal Twitter and I'm like that and I'm not connected with it because you can't send sometimes a message unless you're like oh, following. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm like that. Oh. Follow, message, like, hi Ian, it's Les here from Ripop Banner. Can you just quickly go in there and delete that? Because uh, I'm, I'm organising that for Kev's 40th and I don't want him to see it. They're like, oh, so sorry. And then he's like, I can't delete it. I think he's seen it. I said, well, just tell him there's, can you just tell him there's none left? <laughs> and then he's like, yep. Hey Kev, there's none left. If you go back into the messages, I bet you you've see, got it. Yeah. And then I'm like, because you actually responded to an, oh, that's a pity. You were obviously like, oh, probably weren't going to part with your hard-earned money anyway. But, <laughs> um, but um, because I, I reckon like that, I remember oh, seeing it, was, it and I went, I bet you they're so expensive. I bet you. But anyway, you don't have to worry about that, do you? <laughs> so, that's really nice. Thank you. That's made my day. Honestly, that is that is lovely, and that is getting framed. And it's so annoying because I've I've known about it for so long and had it. Like this is May now. Oh yeah. So for two months, this oh. has just been like annoying me because I just wanted to. I'll take a picture and I'll put it up and say thank you to everyone. And then it was like, what message do you want? And I was like, that is genius. Well done. Ah. Uh, anyway, how, like, how do you come back from that? I don't know. Coldplay. That'll bring you back down there. <laughs> Uh, what about Song of the Week? I love Very Smiths. Do you not yes. get a tinge of the Smiths? Absolutely. Great song, though. Uh, so, Bluff with Juxta, Juxtaposed? How do you say it? Juxtaposed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Bluff are an indie band with heavy shoegaze and new wave influence based in Manchester. This track specifically is inspired by Slow Dive and Ride, and the band on the whole are inspired by the likes of Blossoms and Arctic Monkeys. Are we showing our age now that bands are getting inspired by Blossoms? Like, they're a young band anyway, right? Yeah, Arctic Monkeys. Wow. God. Wow. Anyway, Bluff with Juxtaposed. Seems you're too much to take 
If one look has a thousand answers, I'll be confined to my mistakes. Seems I'm destined to keep guessing your every move. And how could that be any fun? Maybe we were born to run. Everything we've said and done. Just look at how far we've come. Juxtaposed. Oh, that's much better. That sounds better than Because that's the word. Yeah, okay. Sorry, but really good song. Great by song. By Bluff. Check them out. Um, Les says. Yeah. Okay, go on then. I am pumped for this one. Me too. So, it was, or is, Mystery Jets, Mm -hmm. with a billion heartbeats, Mm -hmm. and EOB, (laughs) the artist formerly known as Ed (laughs) O'Brien, with his album Earth. (laughs) So I thought, look, we'll kick off with Mystery Jets. So, Mystery Jets, to be honest, I had no idea they'd had the career they've had. No, neither did I. But they're an English indie rock band, They they are... Formed in Trickerham in London. The band consists of Blaine Harrison, Jack Flanagan, Capel Trafidi. This is their sixth album. Sixth. So the other albums they've had, Making Dens Through Time, 21, Serotonin, Radlands, Curve of the, Elf, Curve of the Earth, and now finally A Billion Heartbeats. Um, what's really fascinating about this band, and I did a bit more digging than normal, was um, one of our... Um, uh, listeners, Isabel had reached out and said that she had always been really interested in this band because Blaine, who's the lead singer, um, has spina bif- bifida, so has this disability, and so has affected him since he's a child, but has still obviously managed to um, tour and Incredible. release the album. And to be honest, the, the, the release of this album was delayed because he actually was hospitalised. So this album was meant to be released at the back end of last year Got and it. then they have to po- to um push it out but blaine was born with spina bifida as I said so that affects leg muscles and he's had it since he was young in 2019 though he became a patron of the attitude is everything charity who work with live music venues in the uk to make gigs accessible for people with disabilities Awesome. Which is awesome. Awesome. Um, he was quoted in an interview with the BBC saying that, look, when we first got together as a band, we decided that we wouldn't make my disability an issue, the same way that we didn't make a big deal of my dad being in the band. That's hilarious. We weren't interested in gimmicks. We wanted people to read our lyrics and listen to our music. He said, playing live as someone with a physical impairment is sometimes hard work, seen as many modern facilities 
still don't have the means to cater for disabled people, which absolutely blows my yeah, mind totally. in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's made it clear that Mystery Jets will only play in venues who've made an effort to care for people with disabilities and refrain from playing in small, crowded pubs. Good so, um, well done. I, yeah, I didn't know any of that. No. So, um, thanks, Isabel, for you know highlighting that and making me dig in a bit deeper. But I think you know the work that he does with the charity and um, and this and what comes across in this album as well is that this is quite a politically stanced album. So we could discuss that too. And you know, I love those. <laughs> um, but look, reviews. So yes. what do others think about this? So Enemy likes it, four out of five. Good. So A Billion Heartbeats is a timely plea for compassion and kindness. On their sixth album, the London indie veterans find a political voice which sets them on a whole new path. It could hardly be more timely, but Mystery Jets have released an album that praises the NHS and calls for widespread kindness at a time when both have never been in greater demand. But as the coronavirus crisis continues across the UK, this is far from an act of opportune marketing. Instead, the sixth album from the London Indie Veterans arrives half a year on from its planned release date after frontman Blaine Harrison was forced to, forced to undergo emergency surgery. Thankfully, the delay was, has taken nothing away from the album's relevance. Here, Mystery Jets successfully transform into deft social commentators powerfully dissecting the state of the world. Take Opener Screwdriver, which sees the Indian veterans employing thumping riffs as they tackle the rise of the alt-right and urge us to fight them with love on the stirring chorus. It's a rousing call to arms, but also one that manages to maintain a vital degree of subtlety. But the album's real moment of glory comes on hospital radio, which the band previously described as their ode to the NHS. Harrison, who has lived with spina bifida his whole life, knows more than most about the true jewel in Britain's crown, and it's one of the most powerful songs of their entire career. Wow. With protest songs and celebrations of the NHS all part of their new identity, it's a wildly successful take on the world at large as the band enter a new decade. Far from just indie survivors, it seems like these jets have still got plenty of fuel left in the tank. <sighs> Independent, four out of five. Nice. And Billion Heartbeats, an empowering messaging, or a, an empowering message of positivity, reflecting on years, recent years, political protests in the capital. This is an album which sounds as big as its subject matter. You've got to feel for Mystery Jets, the London-based band postponed the release of their sixth album in September only to release it as COVID-19 hurtles towards peak devastation in the UK and back in February their founding member and guitarist William Reese quit but oh. I hope this excellent album gets the kudos it deserves reflecting on recent years political protests including the NHS Black Lives Matter in Europe this is an album which sounds bigger um, than all of those subjects put together the band has a Blaine powerfully delivers lyrics such as hate masquerading as pride as a distorted drift, pounding drums, high-pitched vocals and searing guitar combined. It's equally followed by energising call to arms, pretty drone on which a soaring chorus tempers the muscular driving guitar. The band may have achieved Ivor Novello and Mercury Prize nominations as well as their highest chart really? position. Yep. Oh, that's great. With 2016's Curve of the Earth. But a billion oh. heartbeat aims higher and doesn't miss. Okay. Kev. Yes. Thoughts on this album? I agree with the reviews. Um, well said. You know what? This is my probably first time listening to this band. And 
really impressed. Yep. Uh, the writing. I mean, music. So I'll read my comments, but I just want to comment. They talk about screwdriver. Mm. What a what an intro. Yep. What an introduction. It is just out the gate, fantastic. The writing. Now, I'm not a lyrics guy. You're a lyrics person, right? Yep. But me, I'm not. So, an old mighty thunderstorm, hooligans in uniform, demonstrating up the drag, desecrating the national flag. Hate masquerading as pride. Say you got God on your side, but you ain't why Jesus died. Like, that's just, that's great writing. Yep. So I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Look, look, I'll show you my comments. Like, good, it has every single song on the damn album. The meh category, absolutely nothing. Yep. There isn't a bad song on this album. Uh, so I'm very impressed with this. Starts off with a belt with a screwdriver, then continues with hit after hit. There isn't a weak song on the album. There is something for absolutely everyone on this album. It, it just yep. hits every uh, piece of music I like. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's 10 songs. I even get a bit of a hurrah on track 10. Musically, this band is excellent. Their singing is great. The writing is solid. The production, the placing. I cannot fault this album. 8 out of 10. Whew. Can't fault it. I'm the same as you. Really didn't know what was... Didn't really know this band. No. Turn, put it on and then I guess the first few noises of Screwdriver I was like... And I was like, what is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the track comes in and I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then every track... And it, sometimes it's hard to really pull me in on my first listen. Mm-hmm. And this album did. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, I'm going to like this. Because if I like you on the first listen, I'm really going to like it when I take a bit more time. Um, I'm with you. I don't really have any songs that are in the the bad category. I don't think there's really... There's no skippers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the songs that do stand out for me, though, are... Um, Screwdriver stands out. Look, Hospital Radio st- does stand out. I do love the song Cenotaph. But my... Fi- my f- I love A Billion Heartbeats. I absolutely think that's a stunning song. Um, it's my favourite on the album. Um, if you like this album, I went back and I listened to Curve of the Earth. Okay. It is a great album. Okay, too. good. So All I right. think well, it's I'll a band back. that, yeah, certainly go back and have a listen. But for me, um, look, there's nothing... It's not going to be one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. But it's certainly from the some of the albums we've been discussing across the whole market, certainly up there. Agree. So I give it seven and a half. Seven and a half and an eight. Does that make it the best album so far? I think so. Okay. Do you want to play something? Yes, please. A billion heartbeats. Okay, let's play it. Why does it take a tragedy to make our true colors come out? Yes! 
I really enjoyed that. Like it's it's solid, solid album. EOB. EOB. So the artist formerly known as Edward O'Brien, <laughs> who is um, obviously a guitarist, a member of Radiohead, mm-hmm. as we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his first solo album, mm-hmm. and he's obviously done it under the name EOB. It was released just last month. So, um, interestingly enough, I thought I'd do a little bit digging around him because he's not really one of the ones that you hear a lot. It's not one of the ones no. you talk about the most, yeah. Did you know that Rolling Stone named him the 59th guitarist of all time? Really? Yeah. Okay. All right, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Ro- Rolling Stone Roll of- Hall of Fame in 2019. Wow. Okay. So... I don't know, I've never thought about him as like an amazing guitarist. Certainly not a bad one, clearly, but I haven't put him up there in the... And also, that doesn't come through on this album. <laughs> Do you? No. You don't go, oh, what a guitar solo that was. Oh, interesting. No. Okay, keep going. So reviews, NME. Five out of five. Four. <laughs> Um, this is an album they would love. Radiohead guitarist Ed O'Brien proves himself as the band's secret weapon. Okay. But this isn't a Radiohead album, so... Anyway, it really annoyed me. All right. Um, because, <laughs> what does that matter? But anyway, um, this side project is a winning mix of Tender Folk and Blissed Out Rave. Missed, rave? Missed that. With a track that wouldn't have sounded out of place on Hail to the Thief. Yes, mm-hmm. agreed. The single Brazil captures the full and kaleidoscopic range of this record. It's one part tender folk lament and one part dance floor banger. It's not a banger. I would be dancing. What is this banger rave thing? I don't know. It's the heart of a succinct record of light and dark. A sense of zen runs through the twinkling deep days, the sprightly long time coming, and the delicate sail on. Which made me want to blow my brains out. The latter finding peace with it in a... <laughs> Inevitability of death following the passing of his cousin. No fear, let love oh, prevail. Right. He and Laura Marling, remember that name, conclude yeah. on closing duet Cloak of the Night. Can't wait to talk about that. Shangri-La is an ode to the celestial euphoria derived from being blissfully away from your pals at Glastonbury. Is it though? I read this review. I had to read it all because I'm like, who wrote this? I don't know. Um, flitting between guerrilla-style electric... Electro pop and full on soul wax inspired dance rock. No! Olympic is a rush of Madchester sounds and jazzy wig outs that more than makes the most of EOB's guest rhythm section of funk royalty Nathan East and Omar Hakim. Radiohead aren't exactly known for letting their hair down. Whoever knew that one of them could be such a laugh? Now, I don't remember <laughs> feeling that this was a comedy album. Anyway, Banksters is the closest the Earth years to York and Co's sound with the skittering beats and paranoid gnarly guitar, complete with the anti-capitalist mantra, where did all paranoid, the money... Paranoid gnarly guitar. What's that mean? So, it's a guitar that's a little bit grumpy and a scared to go outside. Got it. Nailed it. Where did all the money go, you fuck? It initially wouldn't sound out of place on 2003's Hail to the Thief, but then floats away into what we know as a classic EOB celestial folk soundscape. O'Brien's pers- personality shines through, and it's a pleasure to get to know him. 
Oh, God. It's tempting to conclude he's Radiohead's secret weapon. Now, I had to read the whole thing because the whole... I read it. Usually what I do is just cut and paste a couple of bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you a, give you a flavour. It's worth reading now. That was the whole thing. Because it's nonsense. But it's pants. Anyway, Guardian. I was, I was totally like rave, yeah, jazz. Yeah, jazz. Just... A, a paranoid guitar. Go, go on in. Uh, the Guardian, two out of five. O'Brien's debut album, worked on since 2012... Jeez. 2012? Finally gives free reign to the creative playmaker behind his unassuming, dedicated team player persona, Earth, inspired by Carl Sagan and Screamadelica. Oh. It is electric. It's shape-shifting songs spinning through folky ambience, euphoric electronics and pulsing dance rock. Oh, to a, I'm actually... This is a better... Better discussion around the album. Yes. It's best when subtlest the brooding mass, its guitars a tense electrical crackle, worst when, as on deep days, it recalls Badly Drawn Boy or Millennium U2 Vanity Project. Would Vanity Project be a cruel name for such a genuine album? But if O'Brien was someone else, it wouldn't even have been produced by Flood, released by or released by Polydor. Or featured Portishead Adrian's um, Utley, Wilco drummer Glenn Koch, or on a closing folksy duet, Cloak of the Night, Laura Marling. Ultimately, Earth, for all its ambition, will mainly be of interest to Radiohead completists who are now just missing the bassist. Over to you, Colin Greenwood. Better review. Better review. Yeah. All right, okay. I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I know which way this is going to go. So, when I decide... So, look... when I'm deciding what the homework albums is, usually there is a glut of releases, and I'll discuss what our reviews are this because there's actually been quite a delay in some albums being released because oh, yeah, of the of situation. Yeah, of course, yeah. But normally there's quite a few, yeah. and I have to. I try sometimes I pick one to be controversial. Sometimes I pick one like him because we know him and he's Radiohead. And what I do is I have a quick flip through the tracks first to make sure it's not absolutely a zero out of ten that I'm going to put us through. Okay. When I did that quick skip through of Ed O'Brien, my initial thought was, oh, I think I'm going to like this. Okay. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> because when I listened to it in more depth, if every song was 45 seconds, this would be an 8 out of 10. Oh, my God. But they're not. Yeah. They're longer than that. They are. And so, therefore, like... Some of the songs, are, like it is, it is apps. This is an indulgent album. This is just like, what are you? So, Shine Rila is a good track. Brazil's okay. And that's it. Because <laughs> you're not, right, okay, so what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a solo artist or are you trying to do another Hail to the Thief? Yeah. Are you trying to be Radiohead or are you trying to be you? Because I can't decide. The track with Laura Marlin, I actually do like because it's different and then you're trying to be yourself if that's what you're trying to get across because the other one's in the middle. Like, is it what's that one? Sail away? That is awful. Sail on. Sail on. Oh, my God. So annoying. On and on and on. You're whinging and you're whinging and it's slow and I'm bored. Bye. So, coming off of Mystery Jets, which I enjoyed, this was hard work. <laughs> And I've not... I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the animated like this for months. And I but... haven't... 
Look, I wasn't a huge Radiohead fan when they come into... Yes, latter. And I'm not a fan of Hail to the Thief either. I like that album. And so... For me, it's a 3 out of 10. Whoa! Wow! I didn't get it. I don't get it. I'm clearly not smart enough to get it. But I don't think I need to be. Or want to be. So... I get it. Because I didn't like it that much either. Right? And I, I actually... My God, the first three tracks, I really enjoy. Shangri-La, brilliant song, mm-hmm. right? Brazil, yep. what I love about Brazil is it starts off as this acoustic slow number and then the electronic sounds come in and you go, far out, that's a great, it's a really good song. And then you get Deep Days, which is, which is decent, and then it goes off. Yep. It, it yep. goes off a cliff. Yep. Um, so it does, p- Olympic, it does pick up with Olympic, uh, then it goes down again. So overall, how bad is Ceylon? Ceylon's terrible. So long time coming. Mass uh, has that really great deep, rich bass sound to it, but it does nothing. A Ceylon is boring. The end song with Laura Marling is such a waste of talent. It, it is such a waste of talent. I don't mind it though because it's kind of you strip back. It's kind of like okay, yeah, but it's not trying. I think what bothered me with the Radiohead as well when it went, it's like there's all these rich sounds and amazing things, but they're nothing because they don't come to anything. So it's like it's like oh, I don't know. It's just they don't come to a crescendo. They don't break and build up. Yeah, yeah. There's just that sound. I'm just going to put that through the whole track, and you're yeah, going to yeah. like it. I don't like it. So I've said it's a weird showcase of what this album could have been because when it's great, it's really good. But sometimes it's just so boring and dull. And I think it it doesn't know what it's trying to be. Exactly what I meant. It, like, are you going to be him? Are you going to be Radiohead? Are you going to be what are you going to be? First three. You've I'm, had eight years, t- Ted. <laughs> first three, I'm like, this is this is good. I like this. And then it just, the ones where it's stripped back and acoustic, it's just dull. It's boring. But I don't mind. I kind of like that because it's like you're not just putting wee noises in there for the sake of it. Look, he can sing. He's very similar to Tom York. Like, very similar, obviously. Um, He has a decent range. I think he... I've wrote down... If he doubled down on the electronic aspects, dropping the acoustic completely, this could have been a much better album. It's not bad for a debut. It is stepping away from the shadow of Radiohead a little bit. No, it's not. A little because it shows potential. It shows potential this of what we could have. Not a school report, had. Kevin. <laughs> we all had that in <laughs> our report cards. Actually, that was that's what it would be. Ed O'Brien shows potential. Yeah, still some work seen, to do. We haven't seen the real Ed O'Brien yet. Um, but six out of ten for me. Average album. Some really good tracks off the album, and I want to play one, uh, which I really like, which is the opener, which is Shangri La. Yeah. All right, so let's play that.
out of ten is harsh, I reckon. Oh, well, maybe four then. Point for effort. No, I don't want. I don't want to pull a, a point away. I didn't give him the point for effort. Okay, four to me sounds a bit reasonable. Right. It's three because it's not. There are. Okay, some you can good have his point for effort because the three were for the three songs. Okay. Oh no, and I do like the Laura Marlin. So half a point for that song, half a point for effort makes it four. Done. Um, what's, what's the next week's homework? So, the albums that we were going to discuss have actually been delayed. Given. Oh, okay. So, um, what we are. So, I'm just going to pull some forward. So this week we've got Ben Watt of Everything But The Girl. No. With his solo album Storm Damage. Oh. <laughs> and Laura Marling with her solo album. Oh, solo wow. Albums. No way. Yep. Song for Our Daughter. Wow, okay. So Laura Marling and Ben Watt. I've got a feeling I'm... Okay. We've seen Ben Watt DJ. Yeah. Great DJ. Yeah, should do that. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I'm not looking forward to that week. i got to tell you. But okay. I'll Honestly, talk. totally scraping the barrel. Not for these artists, but we're going to talk about them anyway. But um, There's not much in terms of albums oh, being Honestly, released. you have dodged a bullet because the band we are going to be talking about today have postponed their their album release oh for a month. Okay. So it's coming. <laughs> but you have dodged a bullet. And I actually, there's a couple of releases that are coming up that I'm very excited to talk about in the next few weeks. Okay. There's actually quite, yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm forward to it. But I actually do, I'm interested because I loved early Laura Marling. Okay. Um, which I don't think you would like, but I do because it's kind of that kind of music. And I tell you what, Ben, if it's anything close to an Everything But The Girl album, I'll be happy. But if it's not, <laughs> then I probably won't be. All right, okay. Shall we get into this week's album? Boom! Parachutes by Coldplay. Uh, the album cover features a photograph of a globe taken with a disposable Kodak camera. The globe w- was purchased by WH Smith for a tenor, which is where I used to work. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that's where you took a revolver back. No, no, no. It was HMV I bought revolver from. Was it? Not yep. your work? No, no, no. Because... I used to work at what was John Menzies, got bought by WH Smith, who were really expensive. Did you ever buy stuff from John Menzies? It was so expensive. So HMV always had like the two for a tenner or... Wow. I'm pretty sure like Revolver was like £6.99. Why are we still talking about Revolver in season two? <laughs> Just will not go away. Uh, the album was dedicated to drummer Will Champion's mother... Uh, Dr. Sarah Champion, who unfortunately died of cancer in the same year as Parachutes being released. It was released in July of 2000. Uh, it's a debut album. What followed it was A Rush of Blood to the Head, 2002, which got to number one. It was on Parlophone, recorded in Rockfield Studios, Matrix Studios, Par Street Studios, and Wessex Sound Studios. Why, just out of that, why do you think bands record at multiple studios? Would you not just. Shits and giggles. Break it up a bit. <laughs> But do not just break up your, like, I mean, I'm a structured it's, guy, right? So I yeah. want to go to the same place, the same equipment, the same people. I'd like a wee change. Oh, I see. That's why we're not a band. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be different, different, probably, I don't know, equipment. Yeah, like they stuff. record their specialists in different, yeah, yeah okay, all right. Uh, so the producer works Coldplay and Chris Allison. Chris Allison's done work with the Better Band, Walter Becker. Kinky, Plastina Mosh, Emmanuel Jal, The Wedding Present, and Shaq. 
Shaq get talked about so much. We'll eventually cover Shaq. Eventually. Will we? Yep. Uh, and uh, a guy called Ken Nelson, who's worked with Gomez, Bad Drawn Boy, Feeder, Howling Bells, and The Gift. 41 minutes, 10 tracks, chart position, it got to number one. Go on. It's a big one. How long was it in the chart? How many weeks? Top 100. 78. 192. Whoa. Come on, you're forgetting how big uh, flipping uh, yellow was. Charts? Ready? Oh, 2000. 2000. Here, yeah, we go. Here we go. Here we go. Albums. Santana. Supernatural. Again. I've been Santana. Travis the Man Who. Oh. Hugh Wistful Glaze out the window. Still don't know. Still. <laughs> <laughs> One of life's biggest disappointments, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not. Who, Travis the band or Travis the, this album? The album. It's not. It's the one that broke my heart in season one, let's be honest. Yeah, that and Reef. Well, and that never broke my heart. It was always shit. <laughs> Rise by Gabrielle. The Greatest Hits by Whitney Houston. Oh, my God. I can't stand Is that Whitney pre or Houston. post when she died? When she died? I don't know. Too, I don't know. Reload by Tom Jones. Oh, my God, I hate him. You still avoided that. I can't believe that. People had the chance to make you listen to that and they let you off the hook. Uh, S Club 7, 7. Oh, my God. White Ladder by David Gray. Oh, no. I'm meant to be going to see him in December. Yeah. Am I? Probably not. All of our gigs got cancelled and moved, apart from Supergrass, which hasn't been rescheduled. The Blue Tones has, but not Supergrass. When did Blue Tones get rescheduled to? Uh, some ridiculous day, January next year. I've got Crystal Method in December, and I've got uh, we've got the Blue Tones in January. But not Supergrass. They've not given a new date, so we may have missed the boat on Supergrass. <laughs> well, can I get my money back? Uh, I don't know, actually. We've got to check that. Uh, three, Moby Play. Oh, what an album. Marshall Mathers LP, Eminem. No. And Alone with Everybody by Richard Ashcroft. Oh, no, there's an album. No one, actually, no one voted for that album. Well, I might. Oh. Oh, okay. Spoiler. Well, actually. But I might not. Oh, wow, you really left it out there, the suspense. <laughs> <laughs> Singles, It Feels So Good by Sonic. <gasps> Song about this. I mean, story. Marvin feels so good. Oh, that's a good song. That's what takes me So, I was, Here when this released, working. Um, Tesco's? 2000. No, 2000. Um, yeah, and she came to Perth to DJ. What? Yeah. She was a DJ? Yeah, she's a DJ. Oh. And she played at the Ice Factory. Nice. In the wildlife. Nice. I think it was like 10 on a ticket. So, go down there. I don't know if you remember, because your memory's not great, but in the wildlife downstairs, the DJ box is in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. So you could actually access the DJ. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm a few, you know, blue wickeds in. <laughs> and, uh, what that know, stuff does to your insides. Yeah, and I had just recently purchased my first set of turntables. So, you know. You thought you were. Thought she might have a bit of time to give me a few tips. While she's DJing. <laughs> so, pop up. Uh, you're right, Sonique Pal. 
bought some dicks. <sighs> you got any tips for me? She just shook. She just shook my hand and uh, said, "Just piss off." Basically, said something nice. I don't know what she's supposed to like practice or so. I don't know what it was, but shook my hand and politely. My friend then was probably leave her alone now. <laughs> Sonia, oh, Sonia Marina Clark, better yeah. known as the stage name Sonic. Was she nice? She actually was. I mean, I wouldn't have tolerated me if I was DJing. Like, okay. now that I have DJed, I'd be like, you're a loser, don't touch me. Yeah, I have a similar story. I saw your favourite DJ, Sasha, right? Don't you dare say anything bad about him because he took his photograph with me and gave me a cuddle. So he's a moody bugger, old Sasha, and we saw him years ago, and we caught him before he set, and we've got this lovely photo um, of you and Sasha, right? And it was really nice, right? Really nice. So I I printed off that photograph, mm-hmm. and there was a gig coming up with Sasha in Sydney, and I took a black marker pen and said photo, and took it in the sleeve. You remember the old uh, when you got your photos developed, the sleeves that yeah. would come in. Hey Sasha, uh, can you please sign this for my friend Leslie? It's her birthday. That was all it had. So I was in front of him as he DJed, and I'm like literally trying to go, mate. Can you every five minutes? Can you? Can you? And he just lowballed me. Like just literally hate. And obviously he's trying to do his job. Like he's trying to DJ, and some twat in front of him is waving a pen trying to get him to sign it. And eventually he signed it, but it was like pulling teeth getting that signature. And, however, I got it, framed it, gave it to you for your birthday. Oh, that's beautiful. I still have it. I know. But... Thanks, Sasha. You can't ever not come in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> where were we? Sonic. Oh, Christ, where were we? Oh, there we go. Nine Babylon by David Gray. Summer of Love by Lonio. You see the trouble with me, Black Legend. Do you know I love that song? See, trouble with me. Can't do nothing. Without, but remember the dance song that went boom, boom, boom. You would know it. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of every night I, I had. See, trouble with... I'll play it to you after. You will so know it. Oh, my God. I need to hear this song. All right, okay. I've missed that. <laughs> Oh, Uncle John from Jamaica by the Venga Boys. Oh, my God. Sandstorm by Darude. Oh, my God. Everybody loves that. I really hate that. That's amazing. Do you like that? Brilliant. Also, it's got, like, um, a UFC fighter, Vandalay Silva's entrance, and it was just brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yellow by Coldplay at number four. Spinning Around by Kylie. Oh, good song. I'm spinning around. Gotta Tell You by Samantha Mumba. And the real Sum City at number one. Alright, so this was picked by two listeners. So Colin. I know Coldplay gets some stick and I get it. And they will in this one. However, in my opinion, they were a great band at the start. And this album shows it. Some of the songs here are gorgeous and hold a special place in my heart from where I was at that time in my life. I haven't listened to it in years and it's still good, I think. I hope you guys feel the same. Keep up the good work on the show. Well, I will. Thanks, Colin. Mm. Mark, I'm probably going to get beaten up here. However, Coldplay are a great brand. He said, are a great brand. Not where a great brand. Although not my favourite Coldplay album. This started my journey with them, of which I still continue to this day. I played this and Rush of Blood to the Head at uni, much to the dismay of my dorm mates. I didn't care, though, and I still don't. Glad you guys are covering them. Les, don't be too harsh. I'm 
might not be as harsh as you think. I actually get a feeling this is going to change a little bit. Like, I, like you are excited to talk about this, man. So thank you for, for nominating this. Um, what do you think about people nominating this over the other albums? Well, I'd give it all away. Do you want me to do that up front? Or no, not? Not, okay, well, let's get into... No. So let's, let me tell you about Coldplay first, right? Oh, lovely. Okay. Coldplay... Uh, according to Wikipedia, they are a British rock band. They're not. So let's just start there. I've wrote Christ. Anyway, formed in London in 1996, they are vocalist and pianist, uh, pianist, penis, pianist, Chris Martin, guitarist Johnny Buckland, bassist Guy Berryman and drummer Will Champion. Came to form through Chris and Johnny meeting in orientation at University College London, UCL in September 96. Chris, who had moved from Exeter, said... I went to London like Dick Whittington looking for cold. I didn't have a cat but about 12 bags and my dad to drive me there. I arrived at this big place called Ramsey Hall, Tottenham Court Road. Uh, brilliant. And I met Johnny and everything changed. Guy said, we met each other because we were living in the halls of residence. It was like this block of rooms. Everyone has their own room and downstairs was the bar and a pool table. So everyone met and around that area, people would introduce themselves to each other. I can remember meeting all of them all over a point. Uh, all, all over a pint. Uh, was that like your uni? 100% it was. <laughs> yeah. Little dorms. Little I remember room. yours. Yours was a tiny room. Tiny room. Tiny room. You had to share the bathrooms. Oh, that'd be horrible. Mixed. Or did uh, they have like female dorms and male dorms? What was that? That's a very good question. Because I met all my uni friends who were female. I reckon they were, yeah, I think. I think they were separate, right? There were. There were other ones that were more like flats, but this one. Then you go down to the wee dining room and get your meal every day. So you got your meals provided. What was the food like? <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, fine, I think. Like, not amazing. Right, but okay. better than I would have done myself, let's be honest. While I... Because I, I was thinking about... Cause I don't the know student if... union was downstairs. You go for a few pints and then you'd end up back in somebody's room. And then you'd be... Creating havoc. Mm. I while you were talking there, I was thinking about Scottish food, which got me onto. My parents are still here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Cyprus has not opened its borders, so they cannot go home. So I've been. I don't know if you've picked up. I'm like heaps more Scottish than I was. <laughs> like I'm so Scottish now. Good. Uh, yeah, and I've been getting lots of like. My mum, bless her, makes a soup every day, so I've had uh, like Scotch broth, uh, pea soup. Like, oh, just every day of soup. It's fantastic. Scotch broth has ham in it. Not my version, obviously. They've been really good. They've been really good. Anyway, so uh, the reason why I brought that up, so I went, Scottish food, parents, parents, Wheel of Fortune. Because I want to clear this up right now. You are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I na- like smashed you. Smashed. You, you didn't did. get any, twice. Like, you got nothing. You didn't even get close. So you told us to buy the Wheel of Fortune, and we've been playing that in our house. Uh, my mum loves it. And um, so we played our first game Friday night. Yeah. You know, the Dodd household yeah. versus yours. And um, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was, wasn't it? For it, you, it was not for really me. really bad. So there's a couple of things. First of all, we were off to a great start because I got a really complicated one straight off the bat. I spelt the word wrong, and I was like... Ah, Spelt syndicated wrong. I know, amazing. So annoying. I was like that. It's got a Y. It's got a Y. 
I was so angry at myself because I'd got that before anyone. Anyway, and, I, and it just went all downhill from there. And then for some reason, I gave my mum the controller. Why? I don't know why. I wanted to get, you know, we shared the controller. Everyone have a time. When have you ever shared the controller? Oh, it's just a bad move. Bad move. You're just like, you're watching the clock. I was watching the clock when he's... They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. (laughs) And then you've got old mate. So the way it works, you've got one online. So you've got Les at one end. You've got my family. But you have to have a third person, right? So we started off with the the computer, who is useless. Useless. Awful. And then some some person joined. Sibo, whatever their name was. Rubbish. But they were so spawny, spinning that wheel... They got so much money. Yeah, and, and I've I'm, never seen as many bankrupts. Oh, there's heaps. I'm just, in a way, I'm not advocating this game at all because it's terrible. It's such a terrible game, but it's a lot of fun. It's like the graphics game. are terrible, the commentary the graphics ter- are quite good. Oh, no, they're like PS1 graphics. Yeah, no, they're a little bit. They're so bad. But I just like, I was so, like, literally after that, because. How smug do you think I felt on a screen? <laughs> And then you went Like we just got our arses hand I think we got zero dollars In like one of the games And that was when You know we lost the last game And I was like Oh we need to win the next one And you're like This is it now I'm logging off now Goodbye And I'm like Ah <laughs> <laughs> Quit while you're ahead Kev Quit while you're ahead And then I'm like Rematch We need a rematch tonight Oh no I'm busy now I'm doing this I'm doing I was that. I had trivia last night Didn't win so annoying. One of the questions in trivia, though, I was pleased. What UK football teams have their stadiums the closest together? UK? Was it Dundee and Dundee United? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I got that one right. Oh, wow. Nothing else. But that one I got right. Anyway. Anyway, back to this. Uh, we played Monopoly last night for three hours on the PlayStation 4. Wow, three intense. hours. Lost. Got annihilated at that, too. Anyway, so <clears throat> what do you think Chris Martin studied at uni? Oh, history. Oh. Ancient world studies. Yeah, it would be some wanky. Graduated with first honours degree in Greek and Latin. Of course he did. Uh, so- what about songwriting? <laughs> <laughs> nah, because come on, the songwriting in this album is actually. And that's part of my discussion. Right, okay. Okay, all right. Good, 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 good. Uh, so originally called Pectoralize. Who? Pectoralize. P-E-C-T-O-R-A-L. Right, well, the fact that you can't say it is a problem. Pector- How would you say that word? Pe- oh, no, that one. The one that is Pectoralize. not... Pectoralize. That's what I mean. Why would you call your band something nobody can say? So they recruited Guy and then they changed it to... Coldplay. Starfish. <laughs> Wow. You, suffice to say, that didn't last. I wonder why. Friend suggested. So, a friend actually had a band called Coldplay and said, You guys should have it. Imagine how that guy feels now. So, all right, you, you have the name Coldplay. We're just mucking about. And then they go on to become one of the biggest bands on the planet. Um, so, he was at uni with Keen's lead singer, Tim Rice Oxley. Uh, and he apparently Chris actually offered for him to join the band as a keyboard player. However, Keen were already started at that point, so he said no. That would have been cool. What would you rather be in? Keen or Coldplay? Coldplay. We just reviewed Keen's last album. 
you really want to... I just wanted to see. Okay. Coldplay, easy. I wouldn't... I mean... We just want to talk about the career, but we're not going to do that. All right. In 1998, the band released 500 copies of the EP Safety. Most of the discs were given to record labels and friends. Only 50 copies remained for sale to the public. In December of that year, Coldplay signed to the independent label Fierce Panda, and their first release was the single Brothers and Sister, which got to uh, which got to number 92. Then they got signed for a five-album contract with Parlophone in 1999. That's like. Just that, isn't it? Yeah, it That's is. just such a jump. After making their first appearance at Glastonbury, the band went into the studio to record a second EP titled The Blue Room. 5,000 copies were made available to the public in October, and the single Bigger Stronger received Radio 1 airplay but didn't chart. Ken Nelson was chosen, producing all but one song on Parachutes. He was introduced uh, to Coldplay by his manager, Pete Byrne, who gave him a copy of the band's Fierce Panda uh, EP. Uh, Nelson has claimed that as soon as he heard vocalist Chris Martin's voice on the song Bigger Stronger, he realised he was something special. Nelson was offered the job while Coldplay were performing in London with English indie band uh, Gomez, whose album Bring It On was what he produced. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, apparently this time Champion was briefly fired from the band, but Martin later pleaded with him to return after kicking him out, and because of his guilt went on a drinking binge. Eventually, the band worked out the differences and put into place a new set of rules to keep the group intact. Inspired by, inspired by bands like U2 and R.E.M., Coldplay decided that they would operate as a democracy. Additionally, the band determined that they would fire anyone who used hard drugs. Shiver was... I mean, that's probably why they've stayed together all this time, right? Probably is, yeah. Because none of them have gone off the deep end. But let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. If you're writing albums like they are... It's hardly Bender materials. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's rock not and roll ro- stuff. Yeah, it's is not it? the rock and it's roll. Not cigarettes and alcohol. It's well, not Wikipedia says it is, but no, I'm with you. They're not. Um, Shiver was the first top forty hit at number thirty-five. However, it was Yellow that really changed everything for everyone. The Guardian said this: Was it something to do with how vulnerable a rain-soaked Chris Martin looked in that video for Yellow? Was it the romance of his lyrics allied to the dramatic sweep of the music? Whatever it was, Yellow ushered in a fresh timber of songwriting, yearning melancholy, buoyed by a sense of uplift. The Guardian then ranked Yellow and its impact to the change in direction in mainstream rock number 47 on their list of 50 key events in rock music history. Oh, no. Do you think that it really changed? I don't. It was monumental. Have you heard? A, have we heard an, a band say that Coldplay was an influencer or that, that song? No. Well, I don't think so. But maybe I don't listen to the bands that that influenced. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I hear bands getting compared to them, athlete, like we've talked about, and maybe the Keens at some stage, but not. I heard Yellow and that changed everything for me. Um, Jeez. So the album came out straight after Yellow. Perfect timing. Went straight to number uh, number one. Trouble went to number ten. Not only. This is a list uh, of accolades. It won the Grammy Award for Best Alternative Music Album. Best Album at the 2000, 2000Q Magazine Awards. And the album has become the 12th best-selling album of the 21st century in the UK. Wow. Insane. It won... 
the best British album at the 2001 Brit Awards against Radiohead, Kid A, oh. Robbie Williams, Sing When You're Winning. That's fine. Craig David, Born To Do It. Fine. David Gray, Lost Songs. Fine. <laughs> so you actually, you're alright with that? Massively. Oh, okay. As of 2000... Name me the better album than that. Radiohead, Kid A. Uh, yeah, I I'm mean... sorry, but no. Okay. I know what I'm going to back to listen to, and it ain't good eh? <laughs> <clears throat> So it got nominated uh, for the 2000 Mercury Prize, but we already covered that in the Doves episode with Badly Drawn Boy uh, winning. It's placed number 20 on the country's list of 20 biggest selling albums of the 21st century, and 45 on the list of best biggest selling albums of all time. <sighs> the album was placed at number 25 in Channel 4's 1000 Greatest Albums, of all time, and in 2006, at number, at number 33 in Enemies, 100 Greatest British Albums. <sighs> do we think it's that big? We do? Oh, wow. Right. I'm done, and you have gone through the discography of Coldplay. So I, have. I can't wait to talk about this. Okay. So we'll come back, obviously, for the songs and the singles. Um, just before we get into that, I just realised as well, this is the first time you've seen my new hair. Oh, it's better, because you don't have any. <laughs> i got none, right? This is yeah. number three, this is the ISO haircut. Is that a three? This is a three. Cut it yesterday. Oof. What do you think about really short on top and then growing the beard out? No. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me want to do it. Now that you've said that. Why? What's your, I just can never please you. Unless I'm like clean shaved. Because your beard's too scruffy. It makes you look scruffy. See when you've got your hair nice and you've not got your beard. And you see that wee face, it's better. <laughs> I mean, if it's the, if if you want to look homeless, I mean oh, that's fine. No pleasing you. Anyway. But the top knot's gone. I mean that's. I mean I don't care about anything else as long as that's gone. Yeah, I do. Oh, I don't. Funny thing is, I don't miss it actually. To be yeah, honest. good. Well, then just popped to the back of your mind and never think about it again. <laughs> Until, Until what? the next crisis And I'll just grow my right. hair out yep. Right, a rush of blood to the head So talk, okay, so this is where I want you to sort of mm-hmm. Talk to me about the journey that you've been on with Coldplay First of all, why did you Why did you listen to Coldplay? All of it rather Right, than because this band have changed their sound so much And also Okay When I I don't want to give too much away about my thoughts on Parachutes uh, reminds me of a certain time. So I was at uni, as we've discovered, and enjoyed it. Rush of the Blood to the Head. All right. X and Y. I don't want to say too much yet, because I want to go into them each okay, by you, each. You so the first, you know, three albums for Coldplay, I knew they got the... So they had negative feedback, but I remember even Liam Gallagher coming out and saying that the first two albums... Had great songs on them People kind of Well then if Liam said that Then I was fine (laughs) But They were Look This is The interesting thing for me With Coldplay And part of the reason Why I'm pleased we're discussing it Is we've just If there's ever a band To sum up this The 2000s Or coming out of Britpop It's this True That style True That stripped back Acoustic um, More heart on sleeve Type lyrics More um, emotional, more in touch with yourself. It wasn't just let's out, let's all go out and get hammered or 
you know, it's not yeah, I agree. girls and boys, it's not champagne supernova, it's yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. Now, is the quality of songwriting the same with these bands as we've been covering in the 90s? Not sure, probably not. But it changed the sound. It did. And so, okay. if you think about our journey in our age group is, with music, we've kind of gone teenagers, and we've gone through the whole Oasis, Blur, Manson, blah, 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 blah. And then we, we're getting a bit older, then we come into this phase with the co-plays and the editors and the athletes. And, the, and then, and so because of that, I feel I've always, up until, say, the last probably five or six years, still felt fondly about Coldplay. Okay. Not my favourite band. Okay. Wouldn't make even the top ten. Okay. But fondly. That would be like, yeah. So, Anne was like, yeah, you know, I mentioned in the last episode, people go, yeah, it's music for bedwetters, it's not, there's no, <laughs> it's this, it's that, it's the next thing. And it is all of that, but there was a time and a place for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always felt that. There was a time and a place for the first two, potentially three albums. Got it. Then... I lost touch with Coldplay, just given, I think, musical interests, age, not being in the UK, just loads of stuff. But they would release their singles, so you'd hear it, and you'd go, oh. And it was such, it was so far away from. And then you had Chris Martin and the Gwyneth Paltrow thing. And then when he came out and he said he was consciously uncoupling, I wanted to punch him in the face. Because what's that? You've just broken up like everybody else, you prick. So, (laughs) like, so that, all of that, Couple together, and then him writing all the charity shit on his hand because he thought he was God. All of that combined mm-hmm. built this resentment. So I didn't even give that album the time of day. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah, I don't want to listen to any of those albums. Yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce one of them. So, <laughs> like, I I ain't listening to it. Yeah, and so then I've had this real disdain for Coldplay now for a few years. But you know what I thought? If I'm actually going to have hashtag convictions, well, then I need to properly listen to You've it. You've got to commit. I have to commit. You have to commit. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the time. I know what the first three albums sound like inside and out. The other ones, no clue really, apart from some of their tracks. And the honest truth was, some of the songs that were on the albums, I actually thought were on other albums. Right. So a single, for example, I'll go, oh, is that on that album? Right. Right? So got I thought, it. no, I'm going to take the time. Got it. Got so it. I did. So, what I also did though <laughs> Now, was that an enjoyable experience? <laughs> we'll discuss in a second So there's a couple of things I want to go through So there was, doing my research Oh, I'll try to find this quote from Chris Martin Anyway, yeah, so, go doing my research, I thought I wonder what the critics say Because I've literally spent no time thinking about Coldplay For the last few years, zero So, found this article So Billboard magazine have their top 50 Coldplay songs by their writers. I'm not going to go through the top 50. Thank God. What I will do is I'll just jump through their top 20 and I want to see even if you reckon. Because when I did. So I did this exercise before listening to the albums, which made me realise how I knew nothing about them because I didn't even know what the songs were. Oh. So number 20, See You Soon. Uh, oh, see, no. this is a. Well, okay, keep going. 19, Death and All His Friends. No. So on Viva La Vida. 18, Yes, Viva La Vida. 17, Speed of Sound. Yeah. 16, Don't Panic. Yeah. 15, Magic. Yeah. 14, Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. Yeah. 13, Shiver. 12, Strawberry Swing. I had no idea what that was. Yeah. 
11, Fix You. 10, A Sky Full of Stars. Yep. 9, In My Place. 8, Hurts Like Heaven. 7, Viva La Vida. Yep. 6, Midnight. Yep. No idea. Mm-hmm. 5, The Scientist. Mm-hmm. 4, Lovers in Japan. That's a good song. Yep. 3, Talk. Yes. 2, Yellow. Yes. And 1, Clocks. I don't really agree with any of that. Just to put that out there. Okay, okay. There's some good songs so in there. So my point is, when I was going, oh, the top 50 Coldplay songs, let's see what they put in the top 10. And you went, I don't know that. No, don't know that. Don't know that. Don't know that. Okay. So really, how can I sit here and have an opinion? Educated. <laughs> well done. If I don't know. Yeah, well done to you. Because I'm just slagging off Coldplay because a... I just decided I would. What a professional. What a professional. You know. Now, the result's probably going to be the same. <laughs> But it comes from a place of knowledge. You've researched And research. It. Yeah. It's not like Donald Trump saying, inject yourself with Dell. I've actually done the research to back it up. Right? He didn't. He just heard that. So, <coughs> then I thought, I'll do, <laughs> let me have a little look. So, I'm going to have a look. Pitchfork are usually pretty cutting. They are. I'm going to have a wee look to see what they think. Okay. So, they review all of their albums. Oh. So, we'll start with Parachutes. They gave Parachutes 5.3 out of 10. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. This is very is this, interesting. Is this, some, is this some re-listening to them again? No, in the moment. In because the moment. And some, the author of some of them does quite a few. So in the moment, 5.3 out of 10 for wow. Parachutes. Rush of Blood to the Head, 5.1. Jesus. X and Y, 4.9. Oh, my God. This is where I go... Feel like Yeah yeah Oh no they're going to get better Viva La Vida 6.9 Milo Exclamation Isoloto Xylophone If that's how you pronounce it That's exactly how you pronounce it 7 Ghost Stories 4.4 Head Full of Dreams 4.8 And Everyday Life As we covered in my review They gave it 6.8 Not the biggest fans No I'll give you mine not Parachutes, because I'll wait till the end. Yeah, of course. So through, so let me just talk about each album. So Parachutes, which we'll discuss, obviously, in this episode. Rush of Blood to the Head, you asked me when you came in today, we covered the wrong album, didn't we? No. Really? No, we didn't. Oh, okay. Right, so disclaimer, right straight off the bat. No, we didn't. Rush of Blood to the Head, though, for me, does also have similar memories, and I enjoy that album. But, not strong... As I first remember. Bit of filler in there. Bit of filler. <laughs> so, but, to be honest with you, some solid songwriting. Clocks is a great song. Clocks, Warning Sign, Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah Amsterdam, no, is awful. Um, God Put a Smile Upon Your Face. Mm, the Scientist. Amazing. This, but where's a bit thin? It has more depth than Parachutes. Mm-mm. Disagree. No. Par- I wish we'd... You wish what? Nothing. Can't say it now. I don't want to cut. No, because I think the best part of covering this album is that this is the beginning of the Coldplay journey. And what I want to talk about is why did they move so drastically from that sound? Rush of Blood to the Head doesn't move too much. It's they've it's built on evolved. it. They've matured yeah, as musicians. I agree. So that's why I still they want to talk about parachutes. Because how do you get from being so stripped back and beautiful to the complete and utter bloat? And I mean bloat of everyday life because it's <laughs> shit and the journey gets shitter 
the further you go. Honestly, if I was them, I've just left station X and Y and I'm about to move to Viva La Vida. Get back on the train, boys! (laughs) Don't do it! (laughs) But they do it. They do. So, Russia Blood to the Head, Pitchfork gave it 5.1. I'd give it a 7. What would you give it? Uh... You give it a seven? Mm-hmm. That's actually pretty good. Russia, yeah, I like it. Uh, I'd probably have it about that as well, yep. actually. Um, I got a quote from a Guardian. So the, a Guardian reader called Steve Brent. Coldplay's second album is the best record ever. Oh, God. Because the law of averages dictate once you smooth off all the awkwardness, noisy jarring bits, ideas that divide opinion and raw, ugly, passionate things, you are only left with the only Coldplay or M people. However, quite simply, no one's ever going to admit to liking M people. No more, because no one does. Oh my god! I actually this 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 actually. So I, when I hit Russia Blood to the Head and it opened, I was like, ah, oh, it's a good album. It's a good album. It's a seven seven point five. I'm going to stay with seven. Okay, I'm with you. I'm I don't want to be too. I'm with you. X and Y. Right. Pitchfork gave it four point nine. So they're saying that's the third. I like X and Y. I don't mind it. This is when they begin, though. This is this is their standing on the shoulders of giants. Oh, that's an interesting call. This is theirs. This is where you could have gone. So you've done your strip back album. You've done your middle of the middle ground album. Now you've come out. It's a bit bloaty. This is where you begin to get a bit overproduced, and the songs are a bit like you know, like what if, and it's just like woof. They're a bit stadiumish. You're beginning to cross into that territory, right? I still didn't mind it, but again, that's just because I remember having... Like, I was working in Tesco, I remember not minding it. I was a fan of the first two albums. I didn't think it was that bad. It was a different sound. Some of the songs on X and what, like the, the track Low is a great track. Low, Talk, Speed of Sound and Fix You. Great. But there's still some... There... Bordering. <laughs> They're teetering on the edge. <laughs> I've gone, I've got literally the same as you. I'm going, it's good, but it's not as good. No, no. I'd give that a seven, a six and a half, seven. With you. Um, I don't want to give it a different, it's the same as Russian, a little bit, not as good, but not a whole point difference. So I'm with you. Okay. Viva la vida. So this is when I begin to lose interest. And Pitchfork give them 6.9. Oh my God. This album has some highlights. But there's a lot of rubbish on this album. This is when they've just, this is it for me. How did you get here? What was the, talk me through the journey, Chris. How'd you get, how'd you get here? How'd you write a song like Don't Panic that opens on a, be- a beautiful song opening? How'd you get there? To get to this. <laughs> Please explain. I'd like to know. I don't know. So for me... Still has some good songs on it. Like what? Uh, Lovers in Japan I like. Viva La Vida oh, I like. a good song. I don't really like Viva La Vida. I like it. I like Strawberry Swing as well. So I actually... I, this, I saw them live. In Australia. Uh, at here. And I was like... They are so. First of all, we'll, we'll probably talk about that a bit later on. But I still, when you take up, this is when they did all. They made their own clothes. Do you remember I love that? For Christ's sake! This is when they did all that. But they're they're fantastic live, and there's still some really good songs here. So I'm I'm still okay. 
I'm not okay. <laughs> um, for me, this is a poor album. Five and a half. Uh, I can see where you go. I mean, the maximum I would go is about six for this album. Again, we're, go- we're going backwards. Shall we talk about Milo? Yeah, so Milo's saxophone, xylophone, whatever it's called. Now, what happened there? I, right, so just disclaimer, I give you a hard time, loads. This is your time to smash me for this because I'm about to admit something. Oh God. I don't normally do. But I feel like, you know, I feel in this episode I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open myself up to getting hammered. Right? That track with Rihanna. Oh, of course, of course it bloody is. I love it. It's absolute shite. Absolutely. Garbage. Because it's just a wee pop song and oh, she's on it's it. It's Rihanna. No, reality is. It's a crap song. Reality is it's a crap song. Yeah, reality, but I like it. But it's a crap song. But I actually have got zero idea now. Like, I'm completely lost with Coldplay now. I agree. Because that is a chart song that comes on in the car and you don't mind it. And I'm like, oh, do you know what? Rihanna's on it and it's got the wee noises. But that's not Coldplay. You know, now you've just... You're stumbling into normal top 40 pap. Yes. But I still think this album's slightly better than the next one. the, the, The previous. I think Milo's better than Viva La Vida. Just okay. but half a point. Half a point. Maybe it's a six. Maybe. You think this is better? Just different. You're out of your mind. Um, so, consequence of sound. I know we're talking about Pitchfork. Give it a D. Judging from the hoopla that surrounds them, it's hard to believe they're against anyone uh, but themselves. Because of this, Milo feels like the group's midlife crisis. They're attempting to breach their comfort zone and they're definitely drilling away here, but it's questionable whether or not it's in the right area. But really, does it matter? There's no real clean-cut answer to that. Though you can start by asking their millions and millions of fans. This is what I wrote. This is where they lost me. I don't know what happened, but I lost track of them and I got into other bands and and stuff. Um, It's a lot... I've, I've put, look... This was okay upon a re-listen. It's a lot more electronic. Mm. The song Paradise. Holy. I have had that stuck in my head. Paradise. In my head all week. The minute I heard it, stuck. So I don't... It's 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 starting to get into that shit poppy... Oh, it's not even starting We're, we're fully we're, in, yeah. we're entrenched We're in it we're, okay. we're slap bang in it So the tracks on Milo That I do like So I do like Hearts Like Heaven Every Tear Drops a Waterfall Is okay Charlie Brown's fine um, Paradise is like one of those And obviously I'm <laughs> I'm a sucker for the Rihanna one um, The rest though Like ooh. I know So I'm fully now I don't know how You got here Like Chris I'm not sure What's going on in your wee head Bless you, but it's not music. Then, we get ghost stories. Pitchfork gave it 4.4. Now, apparently this is his breakup album. This is the breakup album. Yeah, just don't write it. Just just have a beer. <laughs> talk He's got his heart your, broken! Talk to one of your pals. Gwyneth is broken his heart! Just talk to your pals. Don't release it for public consumption. 
because you've lost me now. Do you not think there's some nice songs on there? There are some nice songs, again, but what, tell me this is not an indulgent... Do you know what I really pisses me off about this album? <laughs> Go. Is that you have used this album, Chris, to get over your heartbreak, and you know thousands and millions of people will buy that, so you're going to make a ton of money off your... But yeah, I didn't even put any effort in it. You release a fucking awful album. <laughs> Because you know people will buy it just so you get over a breakup. If that's not self-indulgent, <laughs> and excuse my French, I don't know what is. Because you know what you've done? You've released nine songs. And I'm not usually like you that you need to be this amount of album songs and blah. But that's a piss take. <laughs> 14 minutes, nine songs, getting over your heartbreak that you know millions of your loyal fans who've stuck with you since Parachutes. Now, I don't know if there are any of them left. But <laughs> and then you give us this. I have. N- I mean, Ink has got to be one of the worst songs they've ever written, ever. Like Magic's cute. Magic, sorry, I like it's magic. cute. Midnight. It's actually Midnight's good. It's kind of nice. I like it. Skyfall That's Stars. It. It's okay. It's alright. It's just all the same. This is where I lost Coldplay for good. We're done now. We're done. We're so done. So Chris. Well, we're not done. You had a breakup. You got plenty others after you released this, and it was with your fans. Like, you took <laughs> the piss. Like, that's what bothers me now. You're just taking a piss. How do you... Awful. Bloody awful. But he's got his, his heart... What's... I don't care. There's millions of heart... There are people who write albums with heartbreak, and it's their best work yet. I'm not her biggest fan, but Adele wrote an album with a heartbreak, and people bought it in the millions. And to be honest... It wasn't that bad. If you like that, she wrote all of... But that was just... She wasn't taking a piss like him. What were they? And the lyrics and the songwriting. Believe in magic. I still do. Of course I do. <laughs> did, who, did Apple write it? Is that what happened? Daddy, I'll write your album for you. <laughs> Know that you deserve it because you named me after a fruit, but I'll try, <laughs> Dick. So, anyway, well, it took us a while. It took us a good no, hour. No, we're and not half finished yet. Get, oh. So then we get to head full of dreams. Oh, holy smokes! This is worse than ghost stories. Agree. Jesus. Agree. I mean, what? Just. I need to understand, and I really want to have a sensible conversation. I have to get, I have to know, as a musician, and we'll we'll go back to parachutes, how do you get from that? Because, I'll be honest with you, I really, really, really like parachutes. Mm -hmm. How do you get from that to this? Now, I appreciate there's been 15, 16 years in between. I, honest to God... Like, tell me a song that you like on Head Full of Dreams. Go. There's only one. Okay. Ad- Adventures of a Lifetime is alright. Yeah, same. And do you know why I like that? The guitar. Because after a few beers, it sounds like a wee Irish fiddly dee, and I have a wee dance. <laughs> and do you know why I like it? For its novelty value. I don't like it for good songwriting. It's because it's funny. And it, and it makes you laugh. I shouldn't be laughing, Chris. This is not a joke. Awful. That album is absolutely terrible. 
I've, and I, it's the same sound. That fiddly deep, that weird sound. Horrible. It is. Um, the Daily Review, three out of five. A head full of dreams is a pretty solid album that will satisfy the band's <laughs> legions of fans without pushing to alienate any of them. Coldplay seem to have settled into their groove of making their own brand of music with little regard for the critical response. The result is that A Head Full of Dreams by a considerable distance is the band's most poppy album to date, but it's also their least interesting. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I really do. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I hate it. Um, it's too poppy. Way too poppy. It's cheesy. Like, it's it's gone in. Like, again, you're... Cheesy? I mean... Oh. Now, everyday life is not cheesy. What? That's okay. So then what, what they've done... So they go We need to be We've gone too far We've gone too far We need to bring it back You know we've done the songs with Rihanna now We've done the songs done with Tov Lowe We've done all that Don't crap. need to sell out anymore. No records. we've done that And guess what we've made bags of money Because those gullible fools Bought my breakup <laughs> album Even though it was 40 minutes long yep. With nine songs So do you know what Let's go back to our roots So they probably had their democratic vote on that In their band While they stitched their linen trousers while donating to Oxfam, while eating their vegan food. That's what they probably did. Don't knock vegans. That's what they did. Let's go back to our roots, because, you know, we're capable of great songs. We wrote Yellow. We wrote The Scientist. We wrote Don't Panic. We've got this. Let's do... What we should do is make it like a concept album, like a double album, where it's like... Let's just think of something that we really want to talk about. Yeah, I'll vote for that. Good idea, Chris. Then they gave us Everyday Life, and I wish they hadn't bothered. (laughs) You rated this more than I did It's actually good Did you try listening to it again? It's awful But when I said rate it more than you I think I gave it four And you gave it three This is not like I gave it seven I said it was the worst album We've listened to in this entire show It is self-indulgent pap So I I went back again And I gave it a four I've gone back I've given it a four And that's pretty much I think you gave it a three or a four Right? Yeah Um, But I, I tried to listen to it again and I can't do it I, I can't It just it annoys me Because it just The song Orphans is it for me That's it Church is good Like there's actually There's actually I think well, I Trouble went, in Town is it? No bad No that's no. That's I don't good. mind that No that's not good But it's like You can I just I don't know I don't I don't, I don't get it So anyway That is basically the sum up Of their journey And my feelings So Made you thought angry. I was going to be all happy I thought yeah <laughs> So I am. Let's talk. So let's talk about. I want to hear why. For you, you think we should have spoken about Russia the Blood? Russia I like Blood. it. I like it. I think it's a. a... We're going to get into the tracks with parachutes. I like that in a Russia Blood. It, it's this bigger sounding album. They've uh-huh. got access to more resources. Uh, I also have a really fond memory of some of the dance remixes around their tracks. Like, some of our favourite artists remixed their stuff, but not a lot of it came from this album. It was post this album. So, you know, there's that kind of... I don't know, I have... I, I don't know, I just thought, I thought it was a better produced album. Do you want to know an interesting fact about the song Sky Full of Stars? Do you know sure. where the video was recorded? No. King Street. Really? Yeah. Because... Oh, if, that's right, you walked down the... Fu- yeah. yeah, and because if you listen on... Spotify when that album finishes the next tracks are live at the Enmore Theatre ah. you released that um, and I remember Sky Full of Stars this is actually like a really kind of sad story so I really 
when I first came to Australia, there was a company I worked for and they helped me get my permanent residency and they were they were amazing to me and they were a family, like husband and wife run business. Um, and she's always been like a mentor to me. And then he sat, her, the husband sadly passed away. Oh. So I went to their, went to his funeral and it was around when this song was released. His kids at the time, one was 17, one was 15. Right. And they put this like, kind of like slideshow presentation thing of all these photos of oh. um, yeah. them as a family. Yeah. With that song in the background. Ah, right. And I remember going, wow. Like for them to have that, the courage to do that and stand there. And yeah, yeah. I just remember thinking that was... Yeah, okay. But um, it's probably the only emotive motion, like feeling that you can have to any Coldplay song after X and Y. I think everyone... Well, actually, when you sort of say that, it's, it's kind of... Everyone is going to have a connection to Coldplay some way, shape or form, right? Um, and maybe that's been the career that they've been on because... Like I, with, with my wife, you know, I remember, and that's why we went to see Coldplay together, because X and Y and A Rush of Blood are quite, they're nice songs that you and your partner may like, yeah. right? Then you've got a breakup album, which probably resonates with some people as well. And then, then you've got the pop side of things, which makes people get more, like maybe the younger, maybe the people that didn't grow up on Britpop or, you know, in the 90s, they're more accessible. Rihanna, for goodness sake. Like bringing more people into so everyone has a connection with. But Coldplay. do you think they give a shit about? So I think Chris Martin gives a shit about the fans, right? Because I think about it, right? Yeah, we spoke around Oasis and like their different albums, and I think they got worse as time went on. But they didn't change their sound so much that they wanted to alienate others. They didn't have Rihanna on "Dig Out Your Soul." Like they've gone so far. Like this isn't a band that changed their sound. Radiohead changed their sound, but if you liked. Radiohead originally, you're probably relatively experimental with your music taste, right? The average person doesn't listen to the Benz or they don't necessarily listen to um, OK Computer, right? This is That's not a pop album. So they don't go... So yeah, they change, yeah, I know but mean. it's people willing to give it a shot. This yeah, is, they yeah. weren't trying to do it for chart success. They changed their sound. It was obviously a journey. If they're trying, if they, if Chris Martin told me they changed their sound because it was like their craft and it was because of their musical prowess, I'd tell him he's lying. Yeah, that's he true. did it to sell records. That's true. And what I feel he's done is he's alienated the people that probably started their career in the first place. Because I will honestly, if there's anyone listening and, and tell me if I'm wrong, if you bought parachutes and you like parachutes and you like Russia Blood to the Head, did you buy? Milo, xylophone, whatever. And did you like Head Full of Dreams? I'm telling you, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while you were thinking about that, I, you reminded me, and I, I, I'm not sure if we mentioned at the start, but I met Calvin Harris. Oh, that's another one. Right, but no, no, no. Right? Sell out. Right. So this is, if you, early Calvin Harris, right? So he's from the same, he's from Dumfries in Scotland, same time, town I was born in, right? So I've got this weird... It's not like another guy, but it's like this weird affiliation with Calvin, right? Because I'm like, he's this guy who's grown out of this small Scottish town and gone on to the. I think he's the most. He earned the most money as a DJ yeah. ever. So, but his career is the same. He started like some of his early albums are phenomenal. They're brilliant. They're nice, great banging dance tunes. 
And then it's, he's got more and more oh, and hideous. more poppy and charty, and it's just gone so far in a different spectrum. But he's not crying himself to sleep, is he? No. But then... He had Rihanna. That's why I got on the top again. But then I go, he's probably had some encouragement. And, and, and this is what I'd love to know. Was it encouragement from the record company? That wanted them to go in that direction? But I don't see... Chris, I don't see them being sheep. I don't... I'd see them... And they were big enough to tell the record company to go jump. Yeah. But... I just... With Coldplay, it's just this really fascinating... Um, you have You have bands that release five or six albums... And people slate their later albums, but it's just because they never hit the heights of their earlier ones. They didn't change the sound too much. They were still trying to p- produce the music that they love, and they did. They just don't get there, and so they get slated a bit. But you don't dislike them for that. You're like, well, oh, you kept trying. You tried, yeah. This is like, how do you write a song like, I don't know, like Shiver or Spies or High Speed, and then write? Princess of China, let's be honest. I mean, I think it's a pop... But how do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And that's why with Coldplay, so as much as you might have thought I was going to be here and be positive, I'm not. Mm. Uh, the one thing I will say about everyday life, which I wanted to get your take on, right? So I found an article, BBC with Chris Martin. We're not touring this album, frontman Chris Martin told BBC. Oh, cool. We're taking time over the next year or two to work out how our tour can, be not, can not only be sustainable but how it can actually be beneficial. All of us have to work out the best way of doing our job, he continued, saying the band wanted their future tours to have a positive impact. So this is also, so BBC, staging a world tour isn't as simple as bunging Chris Martin and his bandmates in the back of a minivan with a map and a year's supply of digestives. That's pretty funny. In fact, the band's last tour, I mean, the the scale employed 109 crew, 32 trucks, Nine bus drivers who travelled five continents playing to 5.4 million people at 122 concerts. There's no easy way to calculate the band's carbon footprint, but the music industry's most recent figures suggest that live music generates 405,000 tonnes of greenhouse gas emissions in the UK every year. That's pretty mental. Like, that's the scale and size of Coldplay now. I know. And we saw them live. In Glasgow. Seen them a couple of times. And they're fantastic live. Yeah. They are fantastic. They, when I saw them in, because we saw them in a beautiful sunny day. Um, but where I saw them was in an indoor event. And there was lasers, balloons, confetti. Like I am a mark for concerts where they do stuff like that. If you shoot something out of a cannon or something falls from the sky. Or they just, the light matches the song. Or there's a... I'm all in. I'm a sucker for it. Or you bring someone in to sing some songs. Or there's a, I just I love something where it's just not just the band in front of a poster. Like I want it to be an experience. I want everything. Do you? Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know what? You like it stripped back? Depends I'd... on the band. Right. Okay. I Rage Against the Machine. Right. Saw them. Boring as batshit. Because they had a large. Backdrop, Rage Against the Machine, black uh, sort of uh, material. And that was it. That's all they did. Now, the music was amazing. Don't get me wrong, the music's amazing. And I'm glad to see them. But as a concert, it was boring. Yeah. I was the same with Kings of Leon. 
Oh yeah, I've heard Nothing that. Nothing in the background, and they don't even speak, so they just bang out the song. Don't so even... bang, 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 bang. Concert's finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, oof. Got to acknowledge the crowd. I could have put the CD on. Yeah, no, same, 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 same. Uh, Shall we get into some of the tracks then? You finished on your Coldplay journey. Well, was yeah, I think, and I think I covered that. I'm with you though. The first half of Coldplay's career, I can't, I cannot fault. Like, I know they're cheesy and this and that and this, but they, they, they wrote some cracking songs. But then towards the end, it's just... It's awful. It's awful. But it's beyond awful. It's, like, terrible. Let's get into some good music. Let's do it. Don't panic. <sighs> Beautiful. I haven't listened to this album in God knows how long. Uh, and it just took me so back. Same. It's refreshing. It's a nice, simple, short song. It's lovely. The soft drums. <sighs> I oh, love this song. I know. Such it's, a beautiful way to start the album. It really is. It is. It is. Um, and the lyric, we live in a beautiful world. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. This, sort of just, this whole album reminds me of not living at home, being in Edinburgh, Buy my album, Great Nights Out Uni used to be like my album, that you, like your hungover album that you'd put on the next day because you're a wee bit fragile. Um, and would try and play the songs on the guitar. It was a softer album, mm-hmm. made me listen to lyrics more. Mm-hmm. Like, can't, this song for me sums that time up. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, Chip Socks, the thing I like most about Coldplay is that they don't pretend they've got it all figured out. I guess I'm talking about Chris Martin since he writes the lyrics. Anyways, there's a modesty to them. Not anymore, mate. They exude this fragility like an innocent boy in a world of men. It's not that they are blissfully ignorant or that they infa- are infallible, but they acknowledge this and choose to see the beauty instead. They may get down or not have anyone to talk to sometimes, but in the end, they remember the beauty of the world. Hmm. Uh, so this was going to be the fourth single, uh, hmm. but they stopped uh, at three singles. And it's reference to A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I read that. I've tried so many times to read that book and I cannot do it. I'm never going to try, let's be honest. I just, I would, I'm, it's, I'd like to. I'd say I've read it, but I can't. I just find it all over the place. I don't know why. Um, this The Diet Coke and Gap offered a ton of money for them to use it in their adverts and totally really? declined. See, when they had morals... And they valued their music. <laughs> uh, do you want to play Don't Panic? Yeah, it's my song. You are actually playing This Is Your this Song. This is my song. Oh, well, let's play the whole thing. Don't Panic. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all done
Then you get shiver. Love shiver. Don't you shiver. Because they take it up a notch. Wow. You like that? No. Oh. No, I'm not. No, I can't. Uh, I think I'm the same with you. I think it's really nice. I think it's yeah. gorgeous. Great piece of writing. Um, I mean, did you want me to change? Well, I'll change for good. I don't want. I can't. See? I can't. I go straight. But you always get but your way. I want it to stay. Oh, it is. It is um, apparently, so according to Martin, the track was written for a specific woman in mind, but he never told who. Many said that it was Natalie and Bruglia. I mean, that man's punching at the best of times, but. <laughs> moron. I actually don't know how he's managed it. I mean, he's not a looker, let's be fair. He's an alright looking man. Right, but he's no, like, he's just average. Look, you're... you're... Making his homemade yoghurt in his linen clothes. (laughs) You've just been spoiled because you've been sitting so close to this beauty for so long. That's it, that's exactly right. You're tainted now. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Let's play a bit of Shiver. Beautiful song. Lovely. Lovely. Guitar's excellent. Look, you, Chris can sing. And the way he hits his notes is it's fantastic. The build up to the three minute mark. I've actually written, God, I forgot how good this song actually was. Um, this is a bro- this is caught your rainbow. This is a brilliant song and allows a lot of different interpretations. It's one of my favourites by Coldplay. The spies can be a metaphor for any sorts of fears you have that cause you to worry constantly and maybe get a bit paranoid. For me, the spies are actually just other people around you. It can often seem like they're spies that I have to hide my personality from because I'm scared of their reaction. The bit at the end with the realisation that it's actually they can't touch you because they're the spies is so touching and makes me feel about much better about conquering these kinds of fears. Oh, lovely. Uh, this is my song. Oh. I really like spies and I think the problem with Coldplay and yeah, you know, they're obviously a hugely popular band, and you just you just know some of the songs straight away, and you just go uh, and you turn off. But then some songs you hear and you go, I forgot that was Coldplay, yeah, and I forgot that that was that beautiful. Uh, so this Spies was one of them for me. So so I want to play Spies.
Sparks. Beautiful as well. Really? Yeah, I like Spark. I like honestly this album. There's not really till you get to the end, but yeah, I like it. Sparks came out of the water. A lot of love for this song. Like it's hugely popular. It's about a person who tries to get someone to remember them again. They go on about their relationship and how he saw sparks of love when they were together. Oh, I think it's a nice track. Doesn't grab me like the first couple, but uh, you like it. Yeah. Let's play it. Yeah. I skip yellow. Oh, it's too much. Too much. Too too much. Too played. I remember when it first came out. Like everybody likes it. If you heard it, you wouldn't. Yeah, but I, for this exercise, I actually listened to it only once, and then I did skip it because I was trying to familiarise myself with the less popular songs on this album, the ones that I liked. But I do remember even back then, yellow was still one of my least favourite songs on this album. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's a bit too. It would have got played non-stop, right? Yeah. Um, so second single uh, on the 8th of July got to number four. Uh, so Yellow was written in Rockfield Studio in Wales called The Quadrangle, where Coldplay began working on their debut album Parachutes. One night after finishing recording Shiver, the lead single of the album, the band took a break and went out the studio. Outside there were a few lights on and the stars in the sky were visible and just amazing. According to the song's co-producer Ken Nelson, he told the band to look at the stars, which they did, and vocalist Chris was inspired by the sight of them and the song's main melody consisting of a chord pattern popped into his head. That's nice. Uh, yellow doesn't mean anything on the song. Doesn't, it's got, it doesn't even fit. No. Um, but it's just, it was the right sounding word at the time. Uh, I got re- this is this is nice. I'll read this. Christian V. When I was when I listen to the song, I think of my little boy. He's now seven years old. He was born with highly functioning autism Asperger's. Although he has a disability, he is the most special, beautiful, miraculous thing that's ever happened to me. I am a single dad, and for the longest time, it was just us. As the lyrics of this song go, I would do anything and everything for him for his happiness. It's been hard at times and we've had to sacrifice a lot, but everything was worth it. The song was always makes me think of him and I dedicate to him. Yellow is essentially about the undying, selfless love one person feels for another, be it a spouse, dear friend, mother, father, daughter or son, etc. That's beautiful. Like, Yeah, absolutely. Well done, mate. That must be extremely tough and that's gorgeous. Um, so we'll play Yellow, but funnily enough, it's not one of our full tracks. Nah. Yellow. I swam across I jumped across for Oh, yellow. I drew a line. I drew a line for you. 
Same bucket as yellow. Really? Like, not bad. I don't want you to think. Like, when I, when I first heard this album, I liked it. But it's, again, it's probably just a bit... Over, overplayed. But it's a lovely song. I didn't want to count trouble. Piano's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I feel the same as you. It doesn't have the same feel I thought it would. However, it is still good. Um... I do point. To me, the most clear and poignant song to describe how I once felt. The whole point of a spider web is the more you struggle, the more ensnared you become. I told a person to listen to the song once as an apology to them. I was in that sort of situation where the more I tried to fix things, the more I screwed them up. Until all I could do was say I'm sorry as sincerely as I could and forever walk away. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound good. Um... So let's go to number 10. It was a third single, so this was the sort of follow-up to Yellow. Same as you, really good. Uh, let's play a bit of Trouble. Title track, Leslie. Pointless. It's nice. But 46 seconds, it's nice. Let's not play it, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. Uh, high Speed. Was going to be my second shot. Oh, I'm surprised love by that. love this song. I've got to like it, it's decent. Oh, I love it. Really? Second favourite. Okay, wow. Maybe top favourite, but... It's the only song on the album recorded in the 90s. Really? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I love that song. I love this song. Absolutely love it. My, one of my go-to songs in this album. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Tricky Nicky, this is Coldplay at its finest. Yeah. I can see the song as a life spun out of control, whether it's alcohol, drugs, gambling, or a problematic relationship. When he's begging, can anybody fly this thing? I hear him asking for help. I was going through some early stages of drug addiction, coming into my early teen years, wondering if anybody could fly this thing, as in deal with my parents past 10th grade and still party. But I had the naivety and youthful confidence to take it on at a high speed. Uh, does that make sense? It fit that time of my life beautifully. I used to get very high and just sit there with my headphones on at full blast. Good times. Uh, 
didn't, it's good. Didn't well, I love the music to it. Okay. And then the drums, like, before my head explodes. It's gorgeous. It's a great song. Let's play it in high speed. that now we never change drops off a wee bit now it really does let's be honest uh, start- not a bad song but it started to feel samey samey this is where I sort of went ah. mm-hmm. and that's why I think I like A Rush of Blood because it is more you used the term sort of bloated but it's no I don't think that was, album was bloated I think the rest of them are it's more there's more production to it correct and I think without that in this album you sort of get that same feeling through it um, but um, I think this is where they get better as they go on but for me this doesn't stand out anymore it's alright um, everything is if I can get my notes right everything's not lost which is the final track and then there's a wee bit of a secret track which isn't really a secret track what do you think? Oh, I don't know if I'd have ended the album with this okay there I really don't skip any of these songs on the album apart from maybe yell. I didn't at the beginning, maybe now because it's just too much. But I'd let the whole thing play out. But there are better songs on the album than this. I think they could have ended it better. Okay. To be perfectly honest. Um, it's interesting going through these tracks and talking about it versus Rush Your Blood to the Head. There is more production and you do have tracks like Clocks that are they're beginning to become a bigger band. But I really wanted... I'm glad we spoke about this album because I really wanted to strip it back to where they came from. And just as a reminder to people that this is actually what Coldplay were and capable of. Like just let's and just try and moved, get yeah. those like tracks out your head yep. and just think about this. Because yep. as a debut album for a British, young British indie band, writing with the... The songwriting that's in these tracks. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking good things. Yeah, okay. And then you get Rush Your Blood of the Hit and you're like, these guys are going to be really good. Yeah, they've evolved, yeah. And then you get X and Y and you go, bit of a misstep, not bad, not bad, bit of a misstep. And then, woof. <laughs> what did you think about um, the secret track, Life Is For Living, the little minute and a half thing? Nothing. <laughs> really if I'm on <laughs> it's alright um, look this is a, this is this is a nice little song um, 
It's actually it's a little bit of a hurrah, but it doesn't quite go the whole way. But I do actually really like it. So I'm actually quite glad we get to play this song to take us out. Um, so I'm alright with it. Reviews for Cold <laughs> Uh, Texta Cat Paloka, 1 out of 5. I like bands that try to be different to achieve something new. Coldplay are nothing like that. They strive to be generic, bland, in a way that'll appeal to people who use music as wallpaper. Oops. So they sandpaper every trace of spikiness their sound might go on to achieve and precariously sound old and lethargic. Core Girl, 2 out of 5. Coldplay, toast. Plain, unbuttered, unflavoured. One can do anything with toast and it appeals to most, but on its own, it's just plain old boring toast. That was quite funny. Uh, but then they get some... So, Freezer Burnt, four out of five. I don't care about anything they made after this. Yeah. Arctic Breath, five out of five. I don't know how much longer the Earth is going to last or how long humans will last, but as long as they do, we'll always have the reminder that when that asteroid is getting hurled towards our planet... We'll have someone to hold and love. We'll have a shoulder to lean on while we're entering our final dares. This album reminds me of everything for that. 10 out of 10. Right. So when the meteor is coming towards Earth, would you play this album? No. Have you got an album like that? I don't know what I'd play. I don't know what I'd play. You'd want to go out with a belter, eh? You'd want to be... I'd be smashing smashed. out races. You'd be drunk as... Yeah. I just don't want to think about it, to be honest. What did you think about the whole album? If you had to put it, what would you give it? So I would give this a seven and a half. So just that point ahead, half a point ahead of Russia Blood. Still not in the eight or nine territory for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it and I'm going to flip it because I think this is my seven out of ten and Russia Blood is a seven and a half. That's uh, good though. Yeah. I think this for me is more of the... It pips Russia blood more for the sentimental fact. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I agree with you musically. There are some great tracks on Russia blood, like Clocks is tremendous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there are, and I do think that's one of Coldplay's best. And it is bigger. It's got more life to it. This is very low key, stripped back, and mm-hmm. some people will really hate it because it is toast. It is boring, and I get that. But it played a part for me, and it's like, oh, it just it was a beautiful. Acoustic stripped back album at that time. Something that I hadn't really heard coming out of some of the other music I was listening to and it was just different. But, and that's the only reason it pips Russia. There's, it's honestly, they're so close. The, those first two albums of Coldplay's are their best. Yep. And there's no question around that. Mm-hmm. Who pipped to? I wouldn't really be bothered. Yeah, okay. It's good. It's your choice. Yeah. It's my yeah. choice. How are you feeling about it? Nervous. For the same reason as... This is another album of a similar... Ilk? Ilk. Oh. Um, this is... This is the album where, out of two seasons of this podcast, I open myself up to being... Smashed. Yeah. Because this wasn't my choice. This is a listener's choice. This is me just... Discussing it This is actually me Enforcing this on others mm-hmm. Including you This album has Such So many memories for me Such an emotional connection oh. I'll talk tons I've got loads of stories about it um, They are a band Who are like Marmite 
Oh. This is my athlete moment. Oh. This is my athlete moment, without a doubt. And I'll take it. I'm a big girl. <laughs> I give it out. i got to be able to take it. But I do want to talk about it because I actually am interested to hear what people's thoughts are about this band. Okay. I actually do want to hear what people think about this album. Okay. It doesn't get great reviews. It does not get good press. This band in general do not get good reviews or good press. Oh. But for me, and we'll... And I know we will, we'll talk about their career too. I'll do a similar thing. But for me, this album, at this moment in time of my life, was there when I needed it. Oh. And I really do want to talk about it. And I am going to put myself out there. Oh, good. Okay. So this album is Love Is Here by Star Sailor. Ah. Okay. Okay. Any initial thoughts? Have no. you listened to this album? Not you know for... I, I, now you've said it, I know... You'd really like this band. And I, look, I... They're all right. I don't know. I, it's, it's been a while... my athlete. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, I've, I, I haven't listened to them in ages, actually. Although, didn't we in season one review the last album? And it was... We both really liked it. So... I'm a sucker for Star Sailor. I'm putting that out there. Hmm. Okay. No, I'm all right. I'm good with that. This I'm song... Right. This album will be so polarising. So polarising. And I'm alright with it. You're right? No, I am, because it's but it is my athlete moment. Okay. This is my This is my week where I don't read Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um so a couple of things. Firstly, thank you, Colin and Mark, for putting up Coldplay. That was good. Yeah. Covered the whole journey of Coldplay. Um Never thank, to be covered again. Yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah. Uh thank you for my present as well. I'm literally you know, I'm going to go for and get a frame for another um, item that I've bought. I'm going to see if I can find one for that as well, which is good. So I can it's a weird it shape, so it's behind. No, nah, I'll have a wheel. Let's see what they can do. But um, all right, so next week, Star Sailor. And uh, we're done. This was nice seeing you again. So much better face to face than sat staring at your face on the phone. Uh, yeah. It's I'm, a bit weird. I don't even know what it looks half the time. I'm knackered, though. You're knackered. Is this what dealing with people face to face is yeah, like now? I'm exhausted. I'll probably have a lie down by lunch. <laughs> Alright, everyone, take care. See you later. When I counted up my demons, saw there was one for every day. With the good ones on my shoulders. Drove the other ones away So if you ever feel neglected If you think that all is lost I'll be counting up my demons Yeah Open everything
Not love.